0: Welcome back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. It's Julia Tescheri and Mike DiStefano with you. No Leafs game tonight, but boy, is there a tilt on TSN. The rivalry series. Game 7 goes down tonight. 7 o'clock on TSN4, and the TSN app should be heated at the Bell Centre. And to tee it all up, we've got Cheryl Pounder, our TSN hockey analyst, on the phone. A new Canadian Screen Award nominee. Poundy, how's it going today?
1: Oh, thanks, guys. Well, I was kind of, I was lying in bed this morning, and and my phone blew up, which was kind of funny because I had my first experience at P.F. Chang's, and I had the meat sweats this morning, (laughs) so I was kind of waking up, and I had no idea. So, um, yeah, I was like, congratulations for what? And then I kind of, I kind of looked into it because I was, you know, taken by surprise. So it was obviously very nice and just a testament to all the great people around us. Hey guys, um, you know, just the support we've had within, within TSN. And so, yeah, pretty remarkable morning and, So the meat sweats are gone and uh, getting prepped for tonight. Yeah, looking forward
2: to it. This is how I can tell that Cheryl's a much better human than myself (laughs) because she's sitting here saying, isn't it just a testament to the great people that I work with that we have here? And if this was me, my first text would have been to James Duffy, being like, ha, take it. You're not the only one who gets nominated (laughs) for awards in this place. Well,
1: Uh, you know, i got to give props to his maneuverability with me on the panel and uh, the elbows that I kind of throw up there sometimes. So, (laughs) you know, it's just been a fascinating year. And and you guys know when you're in the sports industry and a changing environment that you you have to have great people around you that want you to excel and want you to succeed. And, um, you know, just sharing information, taking my calls at will uh, at any time of day or night when I have questions about certain players. So, you know, they make you sound smarter than you are. So I think that's, uh, you know, a real testament to them. And, uh, you know, the nominees, you know, James, what, what number is that for him? What number is it for Gordon? Uh, Miller? Like, it's oh, like yeah. Annual, yeah, Who knows? Who knows? <laughs>
2: 187, something yeah, something exactly, like that. Exactly. But uh, well-deserved. I get so many people say to me, like, when they're watching the coverage, oh, I just love Cheryl Patter. She's been an amazing addition to TSN. And uh, obviously it's nice to, to see that you're being rewarded for uh for that, um, with that little Screen Award nominee for best sports analyst, um, prior to having you on, we were having this conversation just in the, in the last segment talking about the Maple Leafs blue line, and with the news becoming official that Jake Muzzin uh, will not return for this season uh, and the postseason, he's done until you know they'll check back check back in with him, I suppose, in uh, training camp next year. But, so, how comfortable are you with this current Leafs defensive unit as it stands and, and what you've seen from them over the last little bit?
1: Well, I think the big thing thing for me is just you know being a former defender you know you know things close up and you know we have to protect the middle of the ice and you know how hard and physical it becomes in the playoffs and, and that's and that's what we're talking about here right we're not talking about the regular season we're talking about the playoffs. So I, I would not be surprised to see a move made here to to find a heavy, hard blue liner. Um, you know, you have to be able to protect the paint. You have to be heavy and hard down below the goal line. You have to be able to move a puck quickly to get it. I mean, look at your forward group. You know, they have to get the puck. So I think that's going to be a real big thing, and, and I would not be surprised by a heavy, hard addition. And I think, you know, when you, you talk about someone like Jake Muzzin coming out of the lineup, and you know what he brought um, in terms of that physicality, and, and I think it's really important to have a player that can close, really protect the interior, uh, deflect to the outside, and then close quickly and get going north, get the puck to the forwards, because I mean, with this type of forward group, you know that they can be lethal offensively, so it, it's what they do when they do not have the puck uh, off of the rush, off of the cycle, uh, and I think that's going to be a, a big piece of the pie here and, and a big contributor to their success down the road.
0: We've been talking a little bit about Morgan Riley today, Cheryl, and his mm-hmm. play as of late, his, his kind of struggles, and we love Morgan Riley. He, he's Mr. Maple Leaf. He's been kind of to hell and back with this organization, yeah. longest tenured guy. But um, it, it just hasn't worked out perfectly lately, and they're going to need him to have his game if they're going to find success in the postseason. We were talking about who the ideal partner for for Morgan Riley is, and in our eyes it's kind of TJ Brody, but that doesn't yeah. work entirely when Justin Hall kind of needs him. So, so who is is to you the ideal partner for Morgan Riley, and is that kind of what the Leafs should be looking for when they're trying to acquire someone?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying, Julia, okay. as well. I think that's where sort of that, that gray area is. You know T.J. Brody is a great fit with him, and you know Brody has that uncanny ability. He's got one of the best sticks to be able to bro- break up, play off the rush, in particular, uh, odd man rushes going his way, right? You he's a master of the two-on-one. So for Riley, you know, sometimes you know he's a skater, and to me it's always risk versus reward What kind of reward are you getting when you are jumping into the offense and when you are activating? If the numbers speak for themselves, then it's one thing. But if that reward is not being offset, you know, and it's more risk, then that's a problem. So I think, you know, when you're looking at this group, yeah, I think finding pairings that work that are complementary right now, and that's going to be the big question mark. You know as you head into playoffs against a team you know like Tampa that's you know what they can do that you know the kind of movement they have and, and the offensive prowess you got to be able to shut it down and you have to have a complementary blue line that knows what it takes knows how to get it done so that's a big question for me and I think there's so many teams looking for that piece right that steady eddy defender the one that can protect the middle the one that can really be a constant uh, and, and have the ability to play with uh, guys that like to activate a little little bit more so for me you're right you know the Brodies Jordanos these guys you know can be you know consistent and calming but I think that there's there's a piece I I, you know that I think is is still missing on the back end
0: that's Cheryl Pounder our TSN hockey analyst and we'll get to the rivalry series now Cheryl game seven tonight on TSN at seven o'clock you guys can watch that on TSN4 or the TSN app Cheryl will be Providing color commentary, Kenzie Lalonde, play-by-play call. So Cheryl, this is a wild one. In case our listeners haven't been following, the USA storms out to a 3-0 lead in the rivalry series back in November, and Canada's come all the way back tied. So to you, where did the momentum really
1: shift in this series? Well, you know, it's interesting. So you play in Kelowna and Kamloops on Canadian soil. The United States win, right? They end up winning in Seattle, uh, a sold-out barn, and then it goes to Nevada, and Canada wins on American soil, two straight games. You know, the shifting of it, there's been a lot of lineup changes. I think the NCAA players obviously um, have come in and out. They're not present here uh, in February. It's a critical time within their school systems uh, and their games. Um, But really, I think this is just a matter of, Canada versus United States. So Canada goes down 3 nothing and they're saying to themselves, okay, now we're playing with desperation and urgency. Sort of that underdog we got to we got to close this one game at a time. And of course, two straight 3-2 victories for Canada on December 19th in LA. Of course, it was an overtime cuz why wouldn't it always be? Always 3 2, right? always <laughs> overtime. Yep. And keep in mind, Canada was outshot in every single game coming into uh, this rivalry series in February, into the game on Monday. Uh, and then all of a sudden on Monday, it was like uh, the urgency around the puck was absolutely incredible. And, you know, we're on an NHL network as well. And, and you're looking, you know, you're trying to mark clips for the United States and find stuff. And, I mean, it was all Canada in that first 20. I, I mean, they were just so urgent. They were fast. They were strong. You know, they supported the puck. They were all around it. So when they were able to retrieve it, you know, they had close support. There was triangles all over the offensive zone. Uh, it was just wonderful to see them in that attack mode. So you know that the U.S., uh, you know, they're going to be chomping at the bit tonight. They gave up that three, uh, you know, that three-game lead. And they will be biting to get it back and clinch it tonight. So, again, it, this one never surprises me. And when you say, where did it happen? Who the heck knows, Julia? Because I'm telling you, with this particular rivalry, you never know. You just know that, you know, it's all going to be on the line tonight. And this is typically uh, where they play their best.
0: I know. I want to ask you for a prediction, but it feels like, I don't know, 3-2 for someone feels
1: comfortable. 3-2 3-2 is, oh yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm a betting woman, which I am, I would say, <laughs> if I would I'm definitely a- say that uh, it's a it's a 3-2 final. Uh, y- you could probably argue that Poulin will get on the scoreboard. Uh, she's in her home province, of course, being recognized on Monday night was phenomenal and getting her 200 point uh, in the national team jersey. Only five players have done that. And, uh, you know, Hillary Knight on the other side, who's leading the tournament. I, I mean, it- it- or leading this rivalry series. Series in points, uh, You can expect her or sort of that game winner in uh, Alex Carpenter who knows that clutch time. I expect her to get on the board. So you've got some some key veterans going toe-to-toe here right now. And uh, you know the United States will not want Canada to win on home soil.
2: Uh, in conversation with Cheryl Pounder, one of her favorites here, hockey analyst for TSN. Um, so you mentioned Marie-Philippe Lynn. And, like, she's just... Rewriting the record books here when it comes to Canadian hockey. And and I think, uh, what, the fifth player to reach 200 points with Canada, three goals shy of 100 goals. Like, for you, has she already eclipsed Haley Wickenheiser? Like, she's somebody who, you know, you're close with, obviously. But when it comes to Marie Fleet Plan and what she's been able to do for women's hockey for uh, Canadian – or for the Canadian team, like, does she need to do anything else? Or is she already, like, the greatest – women's player of all time.
1: Yeah, she to me, she's the greatest of all time. And, 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 you know, I played with Haley. She was, you know, high chair Haley. I was Bam Bam Pounder when we came into the program. <laughs> we were babies. And I'm telling you, Haley did so much for the game as well. Uh, you know, power forward and what she meant to the game and kind of, you know, the real face. you know, at the beginning of the game where people like Angela James and then all of a sudden, you know, you had Haley Wickenheiser presented just that next level of skill. And then you hit Marie to then. And, I mean, there is no greater clutch player and when people talk about her they often say okay that quick release shot from the slot area where she gets her golden gold. and i say yeah okay but look at the other attributes of her game you know why it's so difficult to find a left winger for her line because you have to find someone to try and get the puck prior to her i'm always saying i want her in that slot area but guess what she wants to be first on the puck so she is Strong. Um, she's got that low center of gravity. I mean, just have a look at her quads. I mean, she is unbelievable on her edges in small spaces. Her takeaways on the back chest. I mean. He talk about Austin Matthews and the way, you know, his defensive side of the game and the way he can take away the puck and the way he anticipates and he reads. Well, Poulen is unbelievable. And we don't look at that side of her game or the way she distributes the puck. I know at the Olympics everyone was talking, oh, Poulen, like, you know, she's just not on the scoreboard, of course, not until the final. But, you know, and then all of a sudden she shows up with, I don't know, whatever it was, 11 assists or or something of that nature, you know. And because she just, has an, you know, an unbelievable ability to see the ice. So you're looking at all elements of her game. Then at the world championships this past year in Denmark, what does she do? She doesn't score that game winner, but she blocks the shot. You know, within yeah. the, the dying moments of the game. So the sacrifice element. So when I, when I talk about Poulain now, I always thought it was all oh, the release and the shot. And now I'm like, no, I, there are so many different elements to her game. Like she, you know, the way she scans the ice and she'll actually, you know, skate away from the net to figure out how she's going to attack it or how she'll come up to the blue line to create space on the power play like but it's all it's all in her brain and um, always thinking one step ahead but you can't really quantify it but to me she is she's the greatest player uh, to have played this game and you know so humble of course and it was really great to see her and all of her teammates come around her you know all giving her hugs and high fives uh on monday night uh, just to celebrate her Northern Star Award, but also her obviously getting to her 200th point, and and the clutchness that has gone with that is just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, we can go on all day about Marie-Philippe Lynn and the person she is, the athlete she is, just a complete hockey player, and it's a thrill to watch her, and everyone listening can watch her tonight at 7 o'clock on, on TSN as the USA takes on Canada in Game 7 of the Rivalry Series, all knotted up, and Cheryl, this is all a lead-up to the Women's World Championships in Brampton from April 5th to 16th. We just had a call about it yesterday, and I'm jacked up, we'll both be I there. I know, it's going to be awesome. I know, I'm so excited. Um, I, I feel like this rivalry, the Canada-U.S. rivalry, is at an interesting point, because because Canada's had their number, last Olympics, the last two world championships, it's been Canada, but USA's been right there. Like, USA arguably was the better team at the most recent world championships. It feels like they're knocking right at the door, and it has a lot to do with their young cores. So, just compare their young cores for me for a second, and, and I'm not going to ask you, like, who's you'd rather build a franchise around, but which core do you think has the higher ceiling between Canada's young
1: guns and, and the USA's? Well, I mean, you know that. I mean, keep your eyes out for Taylor Heisey, right? Keep your eyes out for Hannah Bilka. Just go Google them in in the NCAA right now, Heisey. You know, did unbelievable things at the World Championship in Denmark. I think goaltending's been the big difference. Um, you know, Canada, again, has been outshot in this rivalry series, Julia, uh, every single game up until the last one. And, and, and you go to Anne-Renee in the final in Denmark, the final in 2021 in Calgary. And, you know, a real difference maker, and you know you need that. But, I mean, the offensive punch that the Americans can pack, uh, with Heise and Bilka, certainly, I mean, th- that is a real, that's an uncanny, I, skilled uh, group that's coming up within the U.S. And certainly Canada has their veterans like Poulin, Rebecca Johnson coming back into the fold as well. We've, we saw her play. She had two apples in the game on Monday night. So, you know, Canada, you know, relies a lot on their veterans right now. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how how apples to apples, the NCAA players match up, because right now I would say from a just a straight up Guild, guild perspective, like the Heisey and the Bilkas of the world are unbelievable. But you have to have to go and say to yourself, Sarah Fillier yeah. is, you know, one of the greatest players in the world right now. And I expect that she will be at number one in the, in the very near future. So Fillier, you know, on, uh, on a different planet as well and plays the game differently. I find that the Americans sometimes are more of an individually skilled group in terms of those players where uh, a affiliate you know, she, she goes east-west and, and will just manipulate her opponent just to open up a lane, much like Maladie Daou can do for other players. So you got players like her, you got Emma Malte, who, you know, is a north-south player, but she has smarts to her game as well, but she is hard, arguably the, the strongest forechecker. checker. And I know I look at the game a little bit differently, but she'll cut the ice in half and she will squeeze her opponent to one side of the ice. And that could be Megan Keller, one of the greatest defenders in the game right now for the Americans. And I mean, she can be squeezed by an Emma maltese forecheck. So what I see is two very different skill sets on either side. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting how they weave together uh, when they get to that final game, because, you know, it's one game and anything oh, yeah. can happen, which makes uh, the rivalry one of, one of the greatest in sports.
2: Cheryl, really appreciate you taking the time.
1: As always,
2: good luck on the call tonight. Hopefully, uh, it's a good one. I'm sure, uh, we'll be tuned in for sure.
1: Uh, awesome guys. Well, tune in. Uh, we're, we're really excited to, to be on this call. A game seven. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this.
2: Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's going to be a good one. Uh, there awesome. she goes. Cheryl Pounder, TSN hockey analyst. And, uh, we found out actually, you found out rather, roller hockey champion in 1992. Oh, so yeah. She was a roller hockey gal.